0: The views and opinions expressed by the following program are those of the hosts, guests and callers and are not necessarily those of this station or Webster Rock Hill Ministries, its management or other hosts or underwriting sponsors. Programs presented by KWRHLP are for educational and entertainment purposes only. Hey.
1: Hello, Webster Groves. This is Arnold tricker. Ellie Wharton is actually on assignment today. You're listening to Intune, and if you know, Intune is a two-hour weekly broadcast which focuses and reflects on issues that impact and connect our community in the greater St. Louis area. Our topics include the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, history, housing, humor, and justice. Today, I just want to kind of give you an overview of our two hours today. In this first hour, we're going to talk to uh, Dan Kanabi from the DAV. wanted to have on the show veterans in a different form, not veterans who can necessarily talk about an easy transition back into life, but those who have struggled in a variety of ways, either through PTSD, either through being homeless, either through uh, medical kinds of issues, or many, many things. And the DAV is an organization which has been around for uh, many, many years to assist veterans to Reacclimate and to find victory. Uh, when I've been reading about them, they have done a, a lot of work to help people find little victories every single day so that they can find larger victories. And on the line, we have Dan Kanabi from the DAV. Dan, how are you?
2: Not too bad. How about yourself, sir?
1: I'm doing great. And tell us a little bit about what your official function at the DAV is, and you're here in St. Louis.
2: Yes, sir, that's correct. I am located at the VA regional office. It's on 9700 Page Avenue. Uh, we used to be located uh, downtown on 18th Street, but we moved about, say, about a year and a half ago out to the old Record center. Uh, I am considered, I'm the assistant supervisor of the National Service Office for the DAV at that location, but I am always at heart a national service officer.
1: And what is your background in? Uh in the military
2: i served in the united states army Uh, i was deployed to iraq i left my house uh, september of 2003 and i got home right before christmas of 2005 Uh, so i was over in iraq for about 15 months
1: Wow! and uh obviously you saw action over there you weren't you were somebody who was on the front line not somebody who was um supply oriented
0: uh
2: well we were supply oriented but we were actually the our mission was to escort the supplies on the supply routes to make sure they got to their final destination to the uh, soldiers that were in need of that. Uh, we ranged anywhere from prisoner escorts all the way up to ammo escorts uh, we were classified as a gun truck company
1: okay, so we appreciate your service very much, Dan uh, anybody who is uh, involved in uh, defending our country and doing things uh, in the military, we appreciate what they are doing and have done. And how did you get involved with the DAV, Dan?
2: And that's interesting. At first, I want to say thank you for the recognition. Uh, it's interesting because I used to actually work for the Department of Veterans Affairs, and yeah, I was uh, dibbling in cases and seeing, doing my portion of the case or advising the veteran to a point, but it was limited to where the case or claim had to go on to the next process. So I never got to figure out if that veteran received the benefits that they deserved or, and have earned and the outcome of that to make sure the veteran was getting the help. So that portion of getting involved with veterans and things was a little frustrating t- to me. So I you know, went to the DAV when I got out of the military and I knew some of the service officers here in the regional office and getting to talking with them and uh, let them know that I wanted to do more. I, I wanted to see the final product. I wanted to make sure that the veterans got what they've earned and deserved. And that's when the DAV expressed to me, you know, that's that's what we do as national service officers. We, we uh, help the process a little bit easier on the veteran, take that frustration and stress out for the veteran. We make sure that the final that the veteran is finally getting everything that they've earned and deserved and it's very heartwarming to see that done at the very end of the claims process for the veterans.
1: Now, Dan, when you talk about what they've earned and deserved, talk a little bit about some of those benefits that uh, maybe the general public who's not involved with the military or has a member of a family or a friend involved in the military, they may not know about some of those things. What are some of those things?
2: Well, I mean, there's several different benefits for veterans. Uh, you get anywhere from education benefits, compensation benefits for injuries occurred uh, during the service. Uh, you know, you may get injured in service and come back and not be able to do the civilian job that you had uh, before entering the service. So, I mean, that takes an adjustment. So a, a VA has the compensation programs established for that to recognize those injuries and make sure that veterans have those means to survive with the injuries that they, they uh sacrifice for their country. Uh, there's the education, there's both rehabilitation, job placement benefits, uh, the medical benefits of being able to go to the VA and get treatment. But each of these benefits very differently from the type of service. Uh, how long you're in service? What occurred in the service? So, if if to truly get into depth of what each veteran qualifies, it is very based on that particular veteran and the history of their service. So, the best advice to any veteran listening would be to definitely reach out to my office in St. Louis and seek advice from uh, DAV National Service Officer.
1: Matter of fact, uh, Dan, why don't you give a um, uh, an address and contact number? If the, we have some, I, I know we have some vets listening. If they if they need to take advantage of DAV, where can they call, and how can they get in touch with someone?
2: Yes. Uh- Missouri is actually very fortunate. We have what we call department service officers, too. Uh, they're state-based leveled, and they do their training with us as NSOs. Uh, we do one-year certification training with them, but uh, Missouri, we're more intense. We like to get involved to where they are. they're more knowledgeable. Uh, we have about 17 service officers throughout the state of Missouri, but locally in St. Louis, they are very fortunate because we have 10. In St. Louis area and one out at Scott Air Force Base. So the locations for my office, for a National Service office, we're located at 9700 Page Avenue. Uh, just come through security, let them know you're here for the DAV and come on in and speak with one of our support staff members up front. Uh, we'll be able to get you in or set you an appointment to come back to make sure you're seen and taken care of. Uh, and our other three department service officers, they're located at John Cochran Medical Center and Jefferson Barracks. Uh, The one on Scott Air Force Base is actually located at the VA clinic on Scott Air Force Base. Okay. And our number, if you want to reach out to us, is 314-253-4429.
1: Excellent. When we'll repeat that later on. Uh, I, I kind of want to take a little rabbit trail here and talk a little bit about the history of the DAV, um, because it really kind of came about after World War I also, correct? Can you kind of run us through a little brief history of the DAV?
2: Yeah, World War One was actually the the reason why the DAV was formed. Uh, it actually began in 1920 uh, by Judge Robert X Marks, uh, and it was basically the the vision of uh, Judge Marks was veterans, you know, being without jobs coming back from the war and uh there there was just a lot of hope and need needed at that time and it's still needed today it hasn't disappeared uh the transition from civilian life in the military is is not the easiest thing to do uh even from personal experiences uh so judge marks got the idea to form this group and try to seek better job placements uh see what kind of helped get the benefits that uh, world war one veterans were offered at that time uh so this formed, and it actually kept going and getting bigger and bigger, to where we received our official charter uh, in 1932 from Congress, at, recognized as a service organization. Uh, but I mean, the history of the DAV goes throughout the years since it's been formed. Uh, most recent historical events within the DAV was our our past national commander, Delphine Metcalf, was the first elected female national commander of any service organization. Uh, we've also had a past National Service officer become the Secretary of the, v- the Veterans Affairs in 1993, Jesse Brown. We actually have a scholarship uh, that's named after Jesse Brown, a uh, Vietnam veteran, the Jesse Brown Memorial Youth Scholarship Program actually honors outstanding young volunteers so you don't have to be a veteran or a child of a veteran or anything like that to receive this uh, scholarship and they they honor those scholarships to volunteers who are active participants in the Department of Veterans Affairs volunteer service programs uh, they're awarded to deserving young men and women who have donated their donated their time and, and compassion to the injured and ill veterans in their communities so those hours are all reported up to national and they pay them and uh, take them out to our our annual convention and present that scholarship. So the DAV history continues to grow. Uh, we continue to strive forward to do what we can to make sure we fulfill our promise.
1: And, and you're a nonprofit charity. It's not like you're getting uh, you know you're a functional aspect of uh, the government or of the no. Veterans Administration.
2: Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people get that confused. I mean, I've been with the DAV for nine years and worked two years with the VA before I came over, and, and a lot of times... Uh, that's the first question that veterans have is, you know, you're government affiliated. No, we are not government affiliated by any means. Uh, you know we are a nonprofit and we base our operations and all of our programs on donors and donations and memberships. So, yeah, we are not affiliated in any way with, with the government. They do provide us uh, the tools that we can communicate with them and things like that to make sure the veterans are receiving the care that they and, deserve.
1: And, and matter of fact, I mean, you know, I'm just kind of reading here, you had uh, one, 1 million plus veterans helped uh, each year, $4.3 billion in retroactive benefits attained, uh, 250,000 claims represented in 2017, and 615,000 rides to medical appointments. And those rides are, are uh, accomplished by many people who volunteer to help take veterans uh, to their appointments. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's something that I, I I get reports on, and uh, every convention I go to, every event, uh, the drivers are always recognized, and those numbers being outputted are, it just truly touches my heart because those are people volunteering their time to do that, and and the difference that it does make to those veterans receiving rides to and from their medical appointments, it creates that friendship, and that and that friendship could be that one thing that that veteran's missing in their life, um, and Missouri alone. From January of 2018 to August 2018, the volunteer hours have reached more than 28 hours already. Uh, We have drove over 200,000, our volunteers, I'm not going to say we have drove, but our volunteers have drove over 200,000 or 200,000 miles and over 1,500 veterans were transported to their VA appointments. And uh, and the benefit of that is, you know, uh, veterans uh, that can't drive or, you know, that don't unfortunately have any family members or friends, uh, this is a route to make sure that they're getting the care they need as well. But that that's always been a program that's been mind-blowing to me, and, and just how much time that is involved in that.
1: So if somebody has some time on their hands and they want to volunteer to do that, be a volunteer driver, what should they do, Dan?
2: You can uh, contact our DAV hospital coordinator, at John Cochran. Uh, they can get you set up with the VA volunteer services. Uh, or you can go on to the website at DAV.org and uh, select the volunteer button there, and it will outline what needs to to happen. Uh, I know the VA has to do their training courses and things like that, but uh, we ba- we basically provide the vans and the organization and the volunteers to the VA, but we team with the VA medical centers to make sure that that volunteer program functions well.
1: Now I kind of want to unpack some of these uh, veteran benefits, and I want to play a little clip for you it's it's something that you guys have on your website and uh, we'll go ahead and listen to this and then we'll respond to it
0: all right I'm a veteran my victory was admitting I had PTSD and getting help as America's veterans face challenges DAV is there I no longer see it as a weakness but as a sign of strength I call it post-traumatic growth DAV provides
1: a lifetime of support helping veterans of every generation get the benefits they've earned
0: I am a veteran I lost both legs in Vietnam.
1: Every year, DAV helps more than a million veterans so they can reach victories great and
0: small. My victory was getting my benefits and a good education. I'm a veteran. When I got out,
2: I felt like nowhere was safe. My victory was finding the help I needed. But there's more to be done and more
1: victories to be won.
2: Thanks to DAV, now I feel like I'm human again.
1: Help support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Dan, I think it's difficult for people who have not been in the service or been in uh, combat, a war zone, to understand the uh, significance of post-traumatic stress disorder, um, whether it be from uh, artillery, whether it be from uh, rifle fire, whether it be from just the intensity that goes on. Uh, whether it be from sexual trauma, which I know is something that, that also occurs, uh, and how that impacts um, re, uh, re, not reconfiguring but reentering um, civilian life and how that impacts um, your relationships uh, with your family and friends, how that can impact your job, uh, how that can impact your housing or just your general feeling about your, your, your worth to society. Um those are things I want to get into after our break but have a have a you have a little response to that before we shoot the break here.
2: Yeah, I mean uh, PTSD is something that's very serious. Uh uh, even from my own personal aspect of being diagnosed with that and medically discharged for that reason. Uh, it's it, it's hard to explain from an indos, individual standpoint. It's uh, going anywhere from having the panic attacks. and uh, it's, That's almost an out-of-body experience. Uh, I mean, you think you go from... And the easiest way to put it and, and understanding that I've learned over the years is you go from one extreme to an area and uh, adjusting your life to a situation uh, where getting shot at and, um, you know, getting hit by IEDs becomes a daily occurrence to where it becomes a natural feeling to where you're laying in your bed in your parents' house a month later. I mean, the it's almost a shock of different environments in my opinion that that really escalates the PTSD and the symptoms.
1: Well, one of the things I appreciated about um, these particular clips and how uh, DAV has has um, stated them is that there are victories. And it's not like um, you have to continually, uh, live under this cloud of PTSD, but there are little victories that can be attained each and every day. And uh, it is it is a progressive kind of thing in which you work out of. It's not something all of a sudden, like you said, you flip a switch and you're out of it because you fl- you flipped a switch and you were back from combat and back home in civilian life. And uh, that's, that's an adjustment that... Uh, anybody would find difficult so when we come back from break uh, i want to talk about those victories and play some more clips and have you respond to how uh, dav dan is helping individuals like those people out this is arnold stricker of in tune you're listening to kwrhlp 92.9 fm your community radio station in webster groves missouri Welcome back to In Tune. This is Arnold Stricker. We're talking to Dan Kanabi from DAV, and we've been uh, talking a little bit about what happens to vets when they come back and the benefits that they uh, are eligible to receive and how and why some choose to take advantage and how and why some don't choose to take advantage. And, Dan, off the air, the engineer and I were talking about um, PTSD and Uh, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the unfortunate situation of the shooting in California and how a veteran who was suffering from PTSD uh, went in and uh, shot 12 people. Um, My my thought on this particular thing, does the DAV or does the Department of Veterans Affairs or does the military— really see the importance of counseling, uh, mandatory counseling, when vets leave the military um, for either uh, six months, three months, six months, 12 months, or something like that. I know it's going to cost money, but I also hear, and you are probably aware of situations where, you know, people, they get out, and it's, they struggle with this, and they don't know what to do, and you're kind of in a hole, and you can't get out of the hole. What, what are your thoughts on that?
2: And that's that's kind of what we do, uh, you know, is make sure that that process and that stress, I mean, that's a key word in post-traumatic stress disorder is the stress. Uh, So we try to make that transition less stressful. We make sure that they're, you know, that they know that there is help out there. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, uh, some of the individuals just don't follow through with the help. So you have to be able it's hard to help those not, willing to receive the help unfortunately Uh, but there is programs out there through the VA uh, that that over the awareness of PTSD over the past few years I've definitely seen an increase in the awareness of you know the events the negative events and the positive events of people going through PTSD and recovering and uh, being able to go back into the civilian world and being successful there there are those success stories out there Uh, unfortunately a lot of times the negative stories are put out there with the shootings and things like that uh uh, unfortunately i I mean i don't know the whole situation or the history of the individual that was involved in that but there are steps that the veteran can take to to get the help they need Uh, they just have to be willing to get it and if they need help doing that contact our office or go to our website dav.org and and get the help we're there that's what we're here to do we're here to stop that from getting it to that point
1: now now let's say you've got a a vet listing on the other side of the airwaves who is struggling with this, and you're, you're sitting down now face-to-face with them? What are you going to tell them?
2: Uh, I mean, I, I hate getting on my personal aspect of everything, but I've been there. Uh, I, I, I've seen the dark side of what this can do, uh, and that's part of the reason why I have so much passion in what I do for the DAV. The DAV came to bat for me and opened my eyes that I, I uh, there's that true feeling in a veteran, I believe, when you're in a service of, of um, a discipline, Uh, I'm looking for a certain word here, but there's almost a a feeling of being needed almost that service to others and when you come home that 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 feeling can be lost but I mean there's there's programs out there to 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 make sure that you don't get that bad and I mean in occasions I'll call the VA medical center right away and say hey you know this veteran really needs to sit down and talk to someone and get them in right away I mean they got the crisis hotline uh, that's available 24 hours a day Uh, you know call your NSO if you want to talk or call talk to a DAV rep or anybody, just don't let yourself not think that there's help not there. There's help there. Uh, I went through a rough patch, and DAV showed me the light, and uh, I can honestly say I can probably be in a, a model success story from that.
1: Well, you know, I appreciate that, and I know there's uh, veterans out there who appreciate hearing that. And hopefully, if someone's in a situation where they have not reached out, uh, that they will do that because of what you said, Uh, because the benefits are there. Um, We're not just talking about. Educational benefits, which we're going to talk about here a little bit more. But you know, many times you see the uh, a vet who maybe, um, matter of fact, I was affiliated with with a vet who um, he he lost both legs, he bought, lost both arms, he had a partial one arm left, and um, he had a house built for him by Gary Sinise. And you know, the Gary Sinise Foundation does a lot of things, and those are the things many times you see on television. Um, but the run-of-the-mill vet does not have that situation, but they do have a lot of other things that, that can benefit them. We're going to play another clip right now of a situation where uh, a, a vet moved out of homelessness.
3: My name is Dolly and I'm in Marine. I volunteered for service in 1969 and uh, served in Vietnam. We went out on a convoy of five armored personnel carriers getting ready to cross a rice paddy as we started to turn. Uh, the first track went over the mine, nothing happened. When the 500-pound bomb was detonated, obviously the big explosion set off the fuel cells, creating a huge fireball. There was eight of us. We all got burned from the period that I returned from Vietnam till the period that I got married. I wandered around without hope, without any direction, without any purpose in life. And I think a lot of the returning troops find themselves in that same predicament that I did. So I'd like to share a bit of myself, a little bit of my story with them, hoping that they too have that turning point, that they too find themselves, that they too are able to focus on their abilities rather than disabilities. I'm a veteran, and my victory is seeing others believe in themselves.
1: You know, I love that, focusing on the abilities rather than the disabilities. And I had my clips mixed up. That was of a Vietnam vet who lost um, an arm and was disfigured because of the um, fire. Uh, but- and... Go ahead. Yeah,
2: no, and that's the word I was looking for, and Bobby puts it well. I've met Bobby several times, he's a, a great individual, and the passion he has to help veterans is, is second to none. Uh, but he, he states it in there, that sense of purpose that we have in service, you know. I was looking for that word earlier on what you feel in the service, and that's, that's it, uh, purpose. Uh, you get home and you lose that that sense of purpose, and DAV does that. Uh, we try to help you get that feeling of your purpose again, help you get your feet on the ground, so you can see that light at the end of the tunnel and know what purpose you want to do in this aspect of your life because your story is not over.
1: You know, and I've seen um, on the DAV website and also on some other websites where. Uh, you know, vets who are, who cannot walk or don't have the use of their legs, how they are involved in uh, sporting activities, or they go skiing, or um, they do a lot, they climb, uh, and there are ac- accommodations made in which they can regain that sense of hope and that sense of purpose and direction that he talked about, and really focus on what they can do, and rather than focus on what they can't do. Those are things that you guys support, Correct.
2: Yeah, there's, uh, it's called Mil- uh, Miracles on the Mountainside, and that's actually affiliated with the, the VA as well. I've personally never been out there experienced, but I've talked to several people that have experienced that event, uh, volunteers that went out to assist on that event, and they, they say, you know, a veteran can walk into those events and you can just tell they're having a hard time. But by the time they leave that, 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 that sense of purpose, you can almost see that fulfilled. Uh, you know, we haven't gotten into what we do for the job, placement, but I, I actually personally experienced uh, an individual yesterday that came into the career fair, and you could just tell that that was really bothered with life and how things were going, and as they were leaving, I pulled them to the side to ask them how it went, and they actually had a job offer on the spot.
1: Well, Sue, so, uh, talk more about that job placement service.
2: Yeah, it's uh, we team up with the Recruit Military and uh, they we've hosted job fairs to where it connects the uh, veteran with the employer uh, and they can actually get hired on the spot I've worked a couple of these events to where veterans have walked out of there with a, a future and a, and a career um, so they're advertised on the website uh, jobs.dav.org uh, that that website also um, allows veterans to put in their qualifications and potentially match them with uh, local employers looking for those specific qualifications so it kind of eases the process of the job search for the veteran. Um, currently, we've held over 140 career fairs and, and seen 43,000 veterans seeking, seeking potential employment. And like I said, I've experienced some of these firsthand and and uh, it's, it's amazing to see someone walk in and you can just kind of get that feeling they're down on their luck and they needed that little bump in the road to change and they walk out of there with a whole different uh, aspect on life, it seems. And it's a great program to give that sense of purpose again.
1: You know, having little successes are important in in feeling that you have self-worth and that you are important, especially when you come back. Uh, This uh, next individual, I know he struggled when he came back finding his self-worth. Let's listen to this one.
0: When you're a medic, you, you experience a lot of trauma. And uh, it was a very painful experience for me. And for my generation, PTSD did not exist as a diagnosis. It wasn't discussed. I'm Mike Biggs, Uh, I'm a a United States Army veteran. And as a military person, you just push through. So you just kind of numb yourself to your emotions and feelings. And over time, it became an issue in my life. I became homeless through uh, that mentality of taking care of everybody else and not myself. I ended up broke. My pride did not want me to go from house to house seeking help from my family. So I just walked away and um, was trying to figure out what was going on in my life and why this deep depression, anxiety, frustration, this hypervigilance, this anger. I didn't start sleeping in a bed until about two years ago. I either slept on the floor, slept in a chair, slept by the door. When my family saw that I sought treatment, then they began to coalesce around me. DAV really helped me complete my journey. They brought clothing. They brought information about services. And if there's any resource that they are aware of, they make that available to you. So their help, it allowed me to get a key to a door that belonged to me in a safe and comfortable community, uh, was just tremendous. I'm reuniting with my uh, children, my grandchildren, my siblings, and I know they love me and they know I love them. I'm a veteran, and my victory is my family.
1: You know, there we are again, my victory, and I know that's a theme of these, and and it should be. Uh, Many, you go down to um, where... The homeless here in St. Louis, we know that some of those are vets and some of those struggle with some of the things that he was talking about. And again, you get yourself into a hole or you get yourself into a position where uh, you just don't feel like you can crawl out of uh, where you are. Uh, have you had experience working with um, uh, vets who've been homeless in, the, in our area?
2: Yeah, it's, it's funny because, you know, hearing these uh, videos that we have on YouTube and that we put on the radio and things like that, uh, one of the individuals on those are actually from St. Louis. I won't say his name, you know, for privacy purposes, but uh, I, I met him and his spouse, and they were down to rock bottom. Uh, they I could tell that things weren't well with them when they came into my office, and uh, they lost everything in a house fire. I mean, uh, everything was gone, and... Uh, you know, the individ- the veteran was suffering from PTSD and other things that kept him from being functional in society, and uh, I actually sat down and found routes to get them financial assistance to recover some of that loss from the fire, uh, and then worked his claim with them. and throughout the whole process got to know these two individuals and actually saw besides the point of the the negative error that's put out when you have PTSD. there There's almost, in my opinion, a negative thing that people look at as PTSD, but it's not. Uh, there's truly big-hearted people inside there It's just reaching in to get that big heart out of them. And, and that's something we I try to do with every individual I see struggling because, like I said, I've been there. I, I, I kind of take it uh, very personal and put a lot of heart into that. Uh, so one of those individuals and in uh, on those... Uh, recordings and the programs, uh, ended up coming out uh, with full entitlement from the VA, uh, got into treatment. Uh, they weren't married, but they were together for like 17 years and, you know, becoming friends with the individuals. Uh, you know, I got into the discussion, you know, you've been together for 17 years. How, how come you haven't married? You know, this lovely woman sitting next to you. She supported you through this process, and she was strong and helped them, and they ended up getting married and uh, things like that. So that's the that's, that's step. I mean that's the success stories it's it's not going to happen overnight you you can't let that stress and that's a, another key word in post traumatic stress you want to eliminate as much stress as possible and take those little successes or or gains every day and and go with them, Uh, Accept that it's a a tough path, but there's people there that are willing to help you. Uh, So get the help.
1: That's that's great advice. This uh, last clip we're gonna play is one about education and the benefits that uh, vets can receive through education.
4: As soon as we were about to land, our parachutes came apart and I didn't have enough time to prepare to land. So immediately um, when I land, I was paralyzed from the waist down. Hi, I'm Cece Mazik, and I am a disabled veteran of the United States Army. It's like, you know, when you feel something in your heart and in your mind, and you know that you can do it. I said to myself, I'm gonna go back to school and I was terrified. I just mustered it up, and um, I did it every day on campus for four years, and it was an awesome experience. Once I start something, I will finish it. That's the thing. It's also set an example for my son to never give up. My name is Cece Mazik, and my victory was earning my education.
1: That's a big benefit that I, I, think the public knows that vets have but it's getting vets to who maybe are in a situation to actually take advantage of that and how does that work out through your office when uh, someone comes in and wants to take advantage of the uh, education benefit that's provided for them
2: yeah, we we'll sit down and make sure all the documentation's correct. You know, a lot of times with the, the 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 negative impact of claims and the backlogs and things like that, a lot of that is little errors that could be avoided from the very start of that. So that's that part is what we do is we make that sure that all the applications, all the documentation needed is is done correctly up front to avoid those delays, uh, and and the education. It goes back to coming home and readjusting to uh, civilian life. Uh, a lot of times, like you said, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen overnight. Uh, and unfortunately, before the uh, law was changed recently to the Forever GI Bill, you only had ten years from the date of discharge to use those education benefits. And every individual adjusts differently, so it could take that individual ten years to get back on track and get motivated to use those benefits, and they're gone. But uh, Luckily, that uh, DAV pushed, and uh, several other service organizations, we were able to work with Congress and, and the government and the VA to get that benefit to be considered as a forever GI Bill. So if any assistance needed on education, St. Louis is actually an education office, uh, so we know individuals in the VA that work just education claims. If there's any major issues or things like that, we can seek advice with the VA to get those straightened out to avoid any of those delays in the process so you can get enrolled.
1: Now, I know people can navigate these things on their own, but you guys really assist – In not necessarily helping to expedite, although you may be doing that too, but helping to make sure, like you said, the forms are filled out completely the right way the first time, that there's no back and forth for somebody who's really anxious to kind of get their life um, back together and, and going on the right track. That's kind of what the role of the DAV is, Correct.
2: Yeah, within the role that I do here uh, in my office, but I mean, there's several programs that the DAV has uh, as far as the volunteer programs, the National Disaster Relief Program, uh, you got the volunteerforveterans.org, uh, where uh, any volunteer can reach out to a veteran now and of so the veteran seeking a volunteer, the volunteer can actually seek veterans looking for assistance. Uh, that goes anywhere from yard work to to helping assist uh build a ramp on their front door or, or something like that the, the sky's the limit on that uh, anybody looking to give some of their time to a veteran can go on that website and offer that up but yeah as far as the service program goes uh, we go through a 16-month on-the-job training uh, that includes review of VA law and regulations uh, under the 38 CFR uh, it's a pretty thick book uh, the process is very confusing so our job is to understand the process and to make that process as easy as possible and understandable to the veterans so they know exactly what's going on in their claim and what's going on with their education benefits because uh, sometimes those letters that come in the mail they, they they have rules and regulations quoted in it and uh they can be very hard to understand. Uh so our job's to kinda transcript that to a veteran so they understand exactly what's going on with what they have earned.
1: And I wanna encourage those uh female vets out there who have experienced some kind of sexual trauma uh in the service that that D A V assists with that also. What are some things Most that definitely. you do with counseling on that, Dan?
2: Well, you know, uh, counseling-wise, we're not licensed counselors, so we can't treat the individuals for their mental health. Uh, But, you know, when when it comes to MSD, it's a very sensitive matter and a very private matter, so we keep that as private and secure as possible. But, you know, like any other veteran or any veteran uh, with PTSD, we're going to refer that individual to the VA to to get the assistance. That One, it's their entitlement to get that help. Two, the situations... uh, that cause PTSD and MST and uh, things weren't caused by that individual, so take advantage of those that the VA offer. Uh, We're not licensed counselors, so I mean, I I can't get in there and diagnose and, you know, treat, uh, but we can definitely get them on on the steps and and into the programs that they need to be in.
1: Well, Dan, it's been great talking to you. I I appreciate your time. Uh, Again, thank you very, very much for your service, and thank you for your continued service in helping uh, veterans as they come back uh, through your work at the DAV. Uh, You've been listening to Dan Kanabi. And, Dan, uh, give us the, uh, you you know, we have the crisis hotline that if vets out there who really need some assistance, they can call the crisis hotline or um, uh, the jobs is jobs.dav.org. Uh, give us those uh, websites and phone numbers again.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, jobs.dav.org is an excellent resource if you're looking for a a new career, a new purpose. Uh, also, uh, we have volunteerforveterans.org. Uh, that's where you can go online as a volunteer and actually put what services you're willing to volunteer for veterans and the veteran can seek you. Uh, and then we have our National Service Program, which is my pride and I put a lot of heart into what we do. Uh, and our training is very excellent on VA rules and regulations. And like I said, our job is to make that process and take that stress out of that. Uh, we're located at at three locations in St. Louis, uh, VA Medical Center, John Cochran, and the VA Medical Center at Jefferson Barracks, and also at the VA Regional Office. Uh, and our number here at the Regional Office is 314-253-4429.
1: Dan Kanabi, thank you very much for being our guest on Intune today. Uh, we appreciate, uh, again, your time, your commitment to uh, your service for your country, and the service to your fellow comrades in arms.
2: Well, I appreciate you having me on, and I hope I help someone today that's listening. Reach out to us. That's what we're here to do is help you.
1: Sounds great. Thanks, Dan. Have a great weekend.
2: You're welcome. Bye.